Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Football. Football Friday. All right. Always love the Football Friday show. Been a particularly good one today. That interview with Eric Bieniemy from Ashburn yesterday. Had a great chat with Gary Hess. He'll be doing the Big River Rivalry Showdown All-Star Game tomorrow up at Randolph. Make a noon kick up there. Uh, always a great event. Uh, benefits local charities. Please Listen up, attend, uh, whatever you can do. Major game at VCU tomorrow, 2 o'clock tip against Temple. The return of Joe Bamisil, uh, who was from here, left to play for three colleges in three years, is back, got a waiver from the courts, uh, will be able to suit up tomorrow. Plenty more on him in the next segment. I am live from Los Angeles this morning, where the sun has come up. It is nice and, and a balmy uh, 54 degrees right now. That's all right. It's going to get warmer. Don't don't feel bad for me. Don't feel bad for me. It's going to be all right, Josh. I, I know. I know. I know what you're thinking. My gosh, 54. It's so, it's so hard to be you. But it, it's going to get warmer. It's still very early in the morning here. No need to shed tears. Yeah, don't worry. I was uh, I was not feeling bad for you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, green green is a great color on me. But not when it's green with envy. Oh, it ain't easy being ain't easy being green. All right, a very important update on a uh, topic we took on uh, a couple weeks ago uh, with our breaking news. We don't break. We don't breaking news. Uh, No. Um, Yeah. No. I I appreciate you having the sounder ready. Uh, Not not (laughs) breaking news. Um, we were talking about Christmas songs with uh, uh, Blaine and Chris, uh, my friends who, who come in and do overrated or underrated. Um, yes. And we were talking about Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You, which is, of course, overplayed and a little overrated. But I, I blamed society because we haven't produced a Christmas banger since then, right? Like we have thousands mm-hmm. of new songs released every year. How is it we have not, as a society, written a good Christmas song since then? That was my take. Um, Mariah Carey co-wrote All I Want for Christmas is You with Walter Afanasev. Uh He's a songwriter. He also wrote My Heart Will Go On with Celine Dion and a lot of, a lot of Mariah Carey's other hits. So obviously he's an important part of the equation here. Um, he says that he has been blacklisted by Mariah Carey. She won't take his calls. She stop she stopped it. she stopped talking to him. Maybe no. this. I mean, maybe this was breaking news. I don't know. This is pretty big. Um, this is spicy. They're they're not they're not talking. They're not collaborating anymore. At issue is they split royalties from the song, and Mariah Carey says she wrote "All I Want for Christmas Is You" all by herself without wow. Walter's help, uh, mm-hmm. and and he is is taking half of the money every year. Um, now, what's interesting to me, and you won't hear me 
say a bad word about Mariah Carey. You know, she's a legend, obviously. But she acknowledges that Walter co-wrote a bunch of her other hit songs. She just says, not this one. Um, Which I find very curious, right? Like, oh, yeah, yeah, he helped me with all the other songs, just not the one that makes a crap ton of money every year. That one one was all me. That was just mine. (laughs) Right. So I'm I'm suspicious, but but the important news here to take away, Josh, and I think you'll agree with me, is Walter says if Mariah calls him tomorrow, he is ready and willing to get back into the studio and work with her again, which is what we need as a society. Um, this yeah. is this is this is the best Hallmark Christmas movie plot we could come up with. Um, you know, in a world. <laughs> where there is not enough new festive Christmas music, we have a man who stands ready to solve this problem. He's ready. He's ready. He's willing. He will solve this problem for us if Mariah Carey would just pick up the phone. If, if she would just pick up the phone, yeah. But, I mean, it's very plain and clear she wants to not share this uh, accolade with anybody. She wants to be the only figure, the only icon that you think of when you when you think of Christmas. And honestly, Christmas time coming around the corner, it's synonymous with you're about to start hearing that song everywhere. 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 How, we have hundreds of pop stars. How have we not produced an original Christmas song since then? Have, do, you, do you recall the uh, Camilla... Camila Cabello, uh, I'll be home for qu- quiz moise. Oh boy! Or however she said it. Oh boy! No, I, 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 I don't. Which probably is enough of a statement there about the, uh, the quality of the song, right? Yeah, that's. <laughs> it was a miss. It was not a banger. It was no. All I want yeah. for Christmas is you. We gotta have another one. I agree with you. We gotta I just get like minds to, together. I just like to make a personal plea to Mariah Carey. Uh, who is a noted uh, regional sports talk radio fan, of course, probably listening to the fan on the free Odyssey app with the rewind button this morning. Uh, Mariah, pick up the phone. Uh, get to work with Walter. We need you. Uh, we've yeah. never needed you more than we do right now. You can save Christmas. Uh, it, you can do this. Uh, and we need you as a society. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, no, this is officially JC and MP. We're pleading. We're pleading. I am, this is our Christmas letter. I will get on my knees and plead. We will use this station's resources. Uh, I am prepared to empty our budget for the year. I am prepared to offer Mariah Carey $73.42 to reunite <laughs> with Walter Afanasev and write a new Christmas song. I'd do it. I'd do it. We'll, we'll pinch pennies the rest of the year. We'll figure out what we need to do to produce the show. Um, I'll work for free for a day to make up. The other option, and look, I don't want to go here, Mariah, but I, I, I'm willing to because this is important to me. It's important we have good Christmas music. Um, mm-hmm. you, you've seen the movie The Parent Trap? Yes. All right. I'm picturing a parent trap style scenario where we get Walter and Mariah stuck in a room and let them know they can't come out until they write a Christmas banger. Mm-hmm. It's just us, and we're like, uh oh, looks like looks like we booked the same restaurant with. I, I don't know how that Je- happened, but hey, 
Josh, you remembered to bring the key to the room, right? No, I thought you were bringing the key. Oh, my goodness. I didn't oh, bring the key because I thought you were bringing And we've already <laughs> locked the door. What will we do about this situation? Oh, dear. I guess we have to write another Christmas banger right now and right here. Uh, <laughs> Get to right. it, you two. I'd, I'd rather handle this the sensible, civilized way. But it's time for a fresh Christmas banger. It is time to, to retire all I want for Christmas is you which has been around too long. It's too overplayed. It can, it can go into the white Christmas, you know, Bing Crosby closet oh, of we, we trot this out occasionally for, for yeah. a good time and, and remember what was. It can't be our culture's primary Christmas song anymore. It's, it's time it. for a new one. Can't do it. And I'm trying to think of ones that hold up to it. We've got Faith Hill and Where Are You Christmas. Not a banger. Makes not, me sad. Not a banger. Taylor Swift did Christmas Tree Farm. Not a banger. Um, I mean, there was the boy bands all did Christmas albums, right? Like, but those are re-singing classic. Uh, Pentatonics has a very nice mm. Christmas album, but again, they're 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 singing songs that already exist. I, I'm covers, calling. Yeah. I'm calling for a fresh Christmas hit. We need it. We need a crisp, fresh Christmas hit. We need it. We need it. Need a VCU win tomorrow, too. Uh, back to Joe Bamisil, his situation, what it means after this. You're listening to 910 The Fan at 105.1 FM. Home stretch on a Friday, football Friday, fu- Friday fun. All of the above great radio programs so far. If you've missed any of it, grab the free Odyssey app with the rewind button or find us on all major plat- f- podcast platforms platform podcasts uh just search mp on the mic and you can find that i was just thinking uh we've had a really good show today i've, en- I've enjoyed today's program and then i, I flubbed podcast platforms you, just, you never know never know what's what's going to trip you up along the way we got another half hour awad radio takes over top of the hour grant and danny will drive you home today on the fan get you ready for a really fun NFL Saturday tomorrow, six teams all with winning records, big playoff implications across the board. Five teams that are all seven and six, uh, including the Steelers, uh, the Broncos, the Bengals, the Vikings, and of course the Lions are nine and four, uh, and, and they are playing to salvage uh, their momentum they had earlier in the year when they were considered a Super Bowl favorite. So fantastic day of football tomorrow, but my eyes tomorrow, 2 p.m., will be on the Siegel Center in Richmond, Virginia, on what should be a very eventful day of basketball. So you've got VCU Temple. This is a rematch of last year's game up in Philly where Temple handled them pretty good. Uh, Was more physical, kind of stymied what VCU wanted to do offensively. Now, this is a totally different team for VCU, of course. This this is the Ryan Odom team. Uh, But it's also a totally different team for Ryan Odom now because he's going to have uh, Joe Bamisil back. Uh, for this game because of an NCAA quarter. So Joe Bamisil was denied a waiver by the NCAA, attempting to transfer to his fourth school in four years. Uh, The NCAA said, no, you'll have to sit a year before you can play. A court ruling on Wednesday uh, put a 14-day moratorium on that rule while the judge can make a complete ruling, Uh, which, which is fascinating to me because he left the door open, the judge left the door open, to affirming the rule at the end of the 14 days, which would, of course, be even more chaotic if we had 14 days at Joe Bama's sale, and then he had to disappear again until next year. Um, this is uh, VCU coach Ryan Odom uh, last night uh, talking to CBS 6 after his uh, coach's show 
that he did on Joe Bamisil, everything he's been through. Um, he was actually, <clears throat> they had a hearing uh, Wednesday, and he was actually prepared to testify um, but the judge sent him sent him home. They essentially had a a parade of athletes ready to testify. A few of them testified. The judge said, "All right, I, I've got enough information here to make my decision. You you can head home. You're good." Uh, so Joe Bamisil uh, was ready to testify. Didn't get a chance to testify. Uh, he's back home. He's been practicing with VCU. He has not played with VCU aside from the black and gold game in the preseason. Uh, here's Ryan Odom on his journey and what he'll bring. We're just excited for Joe, you know, first and foremost. Um, you know, our entire team, uh, you know, the staff at VCU, uh, the folks have worked really hard to help Joe, you know, uh, hopefully have a moment like this. But Joe's worked really hard, you know, and, and made the most of a really difficult situation. Um, and he's, he's stayed really positive every single day. You know, he has uh, been determined to get better and help the team every day in practice. And he's been consistent, you know, with his effort and his enthusiasm for VCU and our team. Uh, we all can learn a lesson from how Joe has handled a really, really difficult situation. And certainly something you've heard from the VCU team, from people around the program here, is Ryan Odom has really instilled a great togetherness in this team. Uh, you setting aside the results on the court, which are, of course, also very important. You know, they had the trip to Greece uh, this offseason. They've had a lot of practice time together because of new NCAA rules allowing that. Um, and he hasn't just used that time to work on basketball. This is also a team that has really been brought together and supports each other. I think you saw a lot of that last weekend, uh, last game out, when Kwani Kwani started hitting some threes, put some in the basket for the first time all year. And it, it wasn't a sigh of relief. It was a celebration from the teammates. They were they had been rooting for him. They had been lifting him up. They hadn't given up on him, hadn't turned their backs on him. And I just think that's going to be so important as they navigate what's coming here. You're adding two new pieces to this basketball team because you know, you're adding Bearstow, who's been hurt, uh, may not come back tomorrow. Uh, he might make his debut next week, but he's on the verge of that. Uh, and then obviously Joe Bamisil as well, who, who we're talking about here. You've got two offensive players coming back to VCU, uh, a team that has lost games this year, multiple games, because of offensive liabilities, because they've struggled in the late game to get ball movement, to get good looks, to get it in the paint. Uh, certainly, if you add Bamisil and Bearstow to this team, uh, they beat Norfolk State, they beat Boise State, for sure, right? Those two just, just right off the top. Um, I think they have I think they have a fight and chance against Iowa State. Now, the Cyclones cranked it up down the stretch. Uh, there's, there's no denying that. But I think this would have been a competitive team uh, against Iowa State with those two guys. Now, the key is, of course, make sure you stay stout defensively as well once you add those two. That, that's the on-the-field impact. Um, but I, I think we're sleeping on how big this is from an off-the-field perspective as well, right? Because you you've got some big rulings over the last couple of years in college sports. You've had the NIL, which opened the door for, for players to, to make money off their name, image, and likeness. You've had the weakening of transfer restrictions. You've had the portal, which has obviously changed the game immensely. Uh, you've had conference realignment. You've had a number of big things, and now throwing this ruling potentially on top of it is a big moment for college sports. And as this judge deliberates, 
uh, and makes his ruling in 14 days. This isn't just about uh, you know what what the transfer rules will be. There, there's a lot of this that's is the NCAA a legitimate governing body and can the NCAA legitimately govern student athletes who they acknowledge and they say are not employees, who they say are amateurs playing sports, who they make the case over and over again, no, you know, we don't have obligation to them. They're just collegiate athletes playing while they go through school. Now the courts are saying, wait a second, you can't put these restrictions on them if that's the case because you don't have these restrictions on other students. So I, I chatted with uh, Lane Casadani yesterday, uh, CBS 6. Uh, I think Lane's very smart. Uh, and I think he made a, he had a great observation about all this. So let's, uh, let's play that now. Here's Lane Casadani on yesterday's program. The rule is there to protect these teams from having to go through this every single year. You know, having kids jump around from one team to the next because you gave them a funny look in practice. I know we're kind of being absurd about that, but it's not that far off from the truth. If kids are allowed to just jump from team to team every single year, there's no way any program outside of the Dukes and the Carolinas and, you know, the, the, the Blue Bloods of college basketball that can maintain any continuity. And even they might struggle uh, with that from time to time. So the rule is there to protect the teams, um, and that's why I think the NCAA has a strong case for an appeal, is that, listen, we're doing this for you. We're doing this to protect you while trying to give the kids, you know, as much liberty as a non-athlete might have. Uh, but if, they, if, if the court isn't going to let the NCAA enforce their own rules, then why are they there? That's a scary, scary thought. There, right from Lane Casadani, CBS six, and he's right. And I don't look. The NCAA is a very easy pinata. I've swung at it before. I've made the candy come out. We, we've all done it. If you're in the sports talk business, you've done segments swinging at the NCAA pinata, and I will continue to do those segments. I will not apologize for that. Uh, they have been not forward-looking throughout this process. They've been too busy trying to protect their power rather than grow the game and, and make rules to adjust to this new reality in a sensible way. And it's come back to bite them as we now have court rulings mid-season uh, discussing what they do. NIL legislation that just opens up when they had the chance they had three years to put guardrails on it. But I don't want to exonerate the schools here either because right uh, history class, the Magna Carta, uh, back back in England, back in the day, first uh, first time the king acknowledged government is by consent of the governed, right? He didn't think we were going that deep today. Uh, that, that's what the Magna Carta said. The king rules because the subjects allow it. Um, the NCAA is, is being torn apart right now in part because the governed are unruly and are not accepting that authority. You've got schools that say, we want to be a part of the NCAA. We respect these NCAA rules. But but we've got this kid, and he's special. Our case is different. You've got, oh, man, you know, North Carolina. Oh, the mean NCAA won't let our kid play. He's got a very special set of circumstances. You've got attorney generals who are looking for attorneys general. All right, if I'm going to reference the Magna Carta, we better get that right. Attorneys general who are looking for cheap political points, right? You know, oh, we we are going to stand up for the fans, for what's right, for getting these kids eligible. You've had too many schools now put out statements, the NCAA has done our school wrong. 
Uh, and look, this happens in every sport, right? You remember Jerry Jones throwing his hissy fit about Roger Goodell after the Ezekiel Elliott ruling. You had the the Patriots and Deflategate. You know, they, they didn't take that well. At the end of the day, though, they submit to the ruling authorities. Because if they don't, you have chaos. And you've got one too many trees have been removed here. And now you look around and there's no forest. You had one too many schools say, oh, the NCAA has been so bad to us. Ah, it's just, can you believe what the NCAA, our case is special. Well, everybody's special. You're all special. And now all these special schools have combined to create a situation where the NCAA can't enforce basic rules. Now, I don't think you're putting this toothpaste back in the tube here. I don't think there's consent to the governed right now. I think there's a lot of agitating for whatever's new, for whatever's next. This is going to be an immense five years of change in college sports. We'll be there every step of the way. We'll be looking out. Yes, sir. Our number two underway. MP on the mic. We're live. 910 The Fan. 105.1 and crystal clear. FM radio and of course around the world on the Odyssey app. That's how I got to listen out here. I'm in Los Angeles getting ready for the Rams Commanders game. I'm going to do one more segment of Commanders because I got more to say uh, and then then we'll kick it over to other things, other programs. We, we got a lot going on with BCU basketball, a lot of other basketball happening this week. They start back up after their finals, so we'll get to college basketball. Don't worry. But I, I do think there's a ton of intriguing storylines right now. And also, got the chance to talk to Eric Bieniemy yesterday, and I, I think you'll want to hear what he has to say. Because Eric Bieniemy is the guy with the most on the line here, down the stretch, for Washington, right? That That's no secret. He wants to be a head coach. He left the comfort of Kansas City, the uh, ability to work with Patrick Mahomes, the ability to be in an AFC title game every year, to come prove it in Washington. And as he arrived, this this whole thing started falling apart, right? Team sold. Ron Rivera uh, is obviously on the chopping block. He'll be gone at the end of the year. And you know when Eric Bieniemy came in, right, his, his thought was, hey, I'll, I'll prove I could be the head coach. I'll move into a head coaching position next year. And I, I do think there was an, if not spoken, at least unspoken understanding that that opportunity would be made available to him. Now, the people who made that those agreements, the people who were around for those discussions, are not going to be around anymore in January. So that puts extra urgency on these last four for Eric Bieniemy. Uh, I'm going to go straight to the interview here. We'll hear what he has to say. Uh, we'll uh, we'll give some commentary after. Um, but I asked Eric Bieniemy just about the importance of these last four games, right? The importance of finishing strong and uh, not letting this bye week turn into phoning in the rest of the season, a la uh, what we saw from the Chargers last night, right? Um, the importance of the Commanders finishing strong. Here is Commanders offensive coordinator uh, slash assistant head coach Eric Bieniemy. You're listening to 910 The Fan. It's 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 been addressed. They know. You know, they know exactly where we are. They they know exactly who we are. The only thing I want them to understand is this, okay? The only thing that matters is the now. I can't worry about anything that have taken place. We can't do that. Shit happens in life, all right? That's just life. Obviously, you always want to be dealt a better hand. Sometimes you don't get dealt that better hand. So 
what can we do? We can reflect on the things that we have done. We can learn from it, and we can keep it moving forward. But the only way that's going to get done collectively, we have to be accountable to one another and continue this process because when it's all said and done with, if we have the personal pride in who we are as men collectively, all right, there's a lot of things that we can do together, all right, moving forward and ensuring that we can be successful in many areas in the wins and loss columns. A disappointing season for you the last few years has been losing in the AFC title game. How are you handling 4-9 and nine and everything that comes with that? 4-9 well, is tough. It's very tough. Not going to lie. Uh, it can emotionally eat at you. Uh, it can physically drain you. But <laughs> like everything, I'm built for this because the thing that I always look at is what can we do better? How can I grow as a coach? How can I grow as a uh, communicator? How can I grow as a coordinator? But on top of that, what are some of the things that we need to do collectively as a staff to get our guys going in the right direction? So is it tough? Yes, it is tough. But this is a part of the business when you're trying to establish a culture of who you are and establish uh, a new way of doing things. As you catch your breath during the bye, these last four, four of the best defenses in the league, obviously, how, how do you prepare your team to, to stay up and stay ready for this challenge. Uh, you keep chopping wood every single day like we have all season long. We've faced some of the tougher defenses throughout the course of the season, and so we don't care the opponent. We don't care exactly what their stats are. I'm not concerned with numbers. The only thing that matters is what are we doing today. I told our guys, hey, yesterday, we have to learn to live in the now. The only thing that matters today is today is situational football. All right, we're going to take care of short yardage and goal line. We're going to take care of uh, our third down progression, third and two to 11 plus. We'll handle some base situations. Today, that's all that matters. The notes that our guys took in meetings are very important. The film that they're studying on this particular opponent are very important. All right, that matters today. That's all. Now we got to go out and execute and make sure that we're putting that, product, that productivity on tape, showing that we can go out and apply it on Sunday. That was a Commanders Offensive Coordinator Eric Bieniemy. Uh, a couple things I'd, I'd pull away from that uh, interview we did yesterday. Uh, one was talking about establishing a culture, which is not something you say if you're a short-timer, right? That's not something you say if you're going to bounce at the end of the year. You know everybody's going to bounce at the end of the year. I think he wants to be here long term. I think he's still auditioning for that job, and I don't think the ship has sailed, uh, but I think the last four weeks are absolutely crucial. And then you hear just that attention to detail, right? Here's a He's a guy, uh, Chris Codsworth, right? here's a guy. Uh, he's a guy who shows up at 7 a.m. every morning, doesn't leave until midnight every night. He, he's the hardest working guy in the building. A lot of people tell you that, talking about the importance of taking notes, the importance of you know the film study, the on-field study. He demands a lot of his players, and I think that was some of the resistance you heard, and uh, I've certainly made my opinions clear that I think it's ridiculous. You've got players complaining about that who have been part of a losing culture for so long. Uh, but that is uh, that is Eric Bieniemy. Uh, after Eric Bieniemy made the rounds yesterday, uh, I went on with our friends in D.C., Sister Station 106.7, the fan, uh, J.P. Finley, Brian Mitchell. Brian Mitchell knows Eric Bieniemy because he worked for Andy Reid for a long time. Uh, they both worked for Andy Reid for a long time. 
Beamish as a player, and of course, Bienemy as a coach. Um, and, and we had a little discussion about all things Eric Bienemy. Going to play a little bit of that for you right now. What do you think happens next? Four games left. Sam's showing the world what he's got. In a lot of ways, I think Eric's showing the world what he's got. Against some tough defenses, right? Start with the Rams and Aaron Donald on Sunday. You got then, I mean, the Jets speak for themselves, obviously, what they've done defensively this year. The Niners could be going to the Super Bowl soon. And then another round against the Cowboys, who took care of you, you know, in the first one. I thought they moved the ball a little bit, but that that's a tough closing four if you're making a final argument here for being a head coach. I think, I mean, Eric Bieniemy has learned what it is like in the world of football outside of that. Andy Reid, things are great bubble, right? You got an ESPN story during the bye week. Players complain, he makes us work too hard. Like, you're four and nine. You're four and nine, and you were bad last yeah. year, and you were bad the year before that. The players look so bad in that story, but it also, you know, when you roll around in the mud, you get you get muddy and you get dirty, and so he's got to carry that baggage now to his next job and his next place, and he's got to answer those questions when he's on the circuit now. I think he's fully focused on finishing strong, understanding what a strong Final Four would do for him, would do for his head coaching possibilities. Uh, I do think, though, that, that what he's done this year in Washington probably doesn't leave him any closer to being this team's coach and may not leave him any closer to being another team's coach. And I don't put all the blame for that on him, but that's kind of the reality we're in right now. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think to date... There have been highs and there have been lows, and I think any reasonable person would kind of expect that. Um, you know, the, the you can make the easy argument that he's got, I don't know, at best a, a young offensive line, a growing offensive line. The offensive line's the argument for sure. The offensive line, you knew they were bad coming into the year. They didn't do anything in the draft about it. They've been bad ever since, right? Like, you can't hold that on him. Sam Howell. Dude, I still think this line is better than they were last year. No. Norwell and Turner were awful. These guys are uh, bad, uh, too. This, uh, this line is not good, JP. These guys, I'm not saying they're good. I just think. I think they're no, equally they're, bad. If, if the, Sam was not mobile, he would have died. Yeah. But yeah, it, it was fascinating. I've watched Jordan Love a little bit over the last few weeks because I think it's fascinating to get that outside perspective too. Because he's essentially Sam, right? Young guy trying to prove himself, first year in an offense. And I think you know you watch Jordan Love and he makes some throws, but then you hear like, ah, I don't know if he's the guy or not. I think that's where Sam is too. I think they're kind of in that equivalent spot of they took their first year lumps. Now at the end of the season, you got to show something. You got to sprint forward with it. I think that job's only going to get harder with Brian Robinson missing practice. With you know, this, this, you know, these skill players now starting to drop and potentially miss time. It's not going to get easier against these defenses, but you got to find a way to get it done. I just I find it fascinating that I think you can make so many different cases for Bienemy. I, I think the easiest case to make, and our friend Barcelona Nate has said this repeatedly. Look at the job he's done with Sam. Let him be the coach, right? I, I think you can argue that. I think you can also say if you're trying to develop a young quarterback, you've also kind of gotten him killed. He's got the most dropbacks in the league, all these other things. And, and I, you know, the numbers are tracking towards a position where they're going to look pretty damn similar to the numbers from last year. I, I mean, just we'll, we'll see how it goes. But you talked about the defenses they play down the stretch here. I think – the book on Eric is incomplete. To me, 
in a perfect world, if this wasn't new ownership, if this wasn't an organization probably somewhat desperate to overhaul, like if you could give EB and Howell three years together to really try to grow and see what you've got, I'd be so curious to see it. But I just don't know that that's the scenario. I, B, I don't know if you agree, but. I agree with you. I also believe if you can get Eric a chance when he has final say. Well, you know, like players that are complaining about how hard he's working, and they can run to certain coaches, and then they take it to the public and make it like, oh, it's not a good thing, or, well, he got to be a head coach before something happens. Try that and see what this team does. I mean, that, that just defines in a nutshell why <laughs> this team is as bad as it is and why it's Agreed. been allowed to get as bad as it's been and why there is a whole house cleaning coming. He's just an unfortunate victim of the house cleaning that's coming. you got to clean him out because you got to clean up shop and you, you got to run everybody out and start over. That's nothing personal. That's nothing against Eric Bieniemy. I hope he gets another offensive coordinator job. I hope he gets a chance to prove himself in the NFL. But at, at this place right now, and we haven't even – we haven't even survived the last four games yet, right? Like one and three sure seems like a, like a best possible scenario right now. Think about how whipped up and angry everybody's going to be. In Five four. or twelve. Think about it. I mean, just the the vibe's not going to be good around here in a few weeks. You you, you got to just blow the whole thing. I'm up not and sure how over. good it is right now. I think it's quite bad right now. Now I I, I do think everybody enjoyed the bye week. Uh, talked to. Uh, Charles Leno yesterday, you know, and what you learned during the bye week. I didn't think a thing about football, man. Mm, I think that was I the, uh, I think that was the uh, the consensus across the team here on the bye week was, yeah, we we got away from football for a little while. And now I guess we got to do this thing. Yeah, they got to lock it in. They got away from football. I'm a, I expect to see a much better focus uh, Saturday, Sunday. Did. All right, that was Brian Mitchell. You also heard J.P. Finley and, of course, myself. A little roundtable on Eric Bieniemy yesterday on our sister station up in D.C., 106.7 The Fan. We've got to turn our attention to a pretty big basketball game happening right here in Richmond tomorrow, 2 o'clock tip down at the Stew. You'll hear it right here on The Fan. We'll weigh in on what it means, the potential returns of Joe Bamisil and uh, Sean Bairstow for VCU against Temple, a team they owe one to after last year. Don't touch that dial. Don't go anywhere. This is 910 The Fan, now 105.1 FM. Friday morning, what is up, MP? On the mic, coming to you live right here. 910 The Fan, one of my favorite parts. Hold up, This is MP on the mic on Sports Radio 910 The Fan and 105.1 FM. Oh, yeah, coming at you live on a Friday morning, 1017 Football Friday. One last time, not one last time talking to this guy because I love talking to this guy, but one last time talking to this guy before he's on the call from a football game. Uh, Josh, hit that sounder. Let's go. It's time for some Friday fun with 910 The Fan Sports Director, Gary Hess. All right, a little Friday fun. Uh, I am in Los Angeles getting ready for Commander's Rams, uh, bilking every last second out of this work trip, which uh, which Gary knows a thing or two about, right? Like, they give you an inch, you got to take the mile, uh, which is to say to take the extra day and a half on the West Coast. Uh, but you got some fun cooking in the 910 The Fan Studios. I know that. I do. You know, Friday fun is, you know, I think that was my major in college. So, (laughs) uh, yeah, I I can bring the Friday fun. And I, um, you know, I have not been 
I've been to L.A., but I haven't been since SoFi was built. I bet that place is amazing. SoFi is amazing. So I did, um, a- after I came here, That was this was my 32nd NFL stadium. Uh, I was here for uh, for the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. I-, I did the rankings 1 through 32, and I, I think SoFi was number 4 or 5 on the list. What's uh, number we- 1? Uh, Lambo, just for the history, um, for for the vibes, for for all the neighborhood. Um, I, I, it's not the nicest, obviously, but y- you just you you walk around that neighborhood in Green Bay. You just it just feels like football. It just oozes football. Right. Um, number t- number two, Jerry World, um, which which is still very much the standard for for new stadiums, for opulence, for everything that place can do. Uh, number three, Minnesota, the Viking ship, is an outstanding stadium right in the middle of a really cool downtown in Minneapolis. I believe I had SoFi four. Uh, Atlanta 5, if I remember correctly. I have been to Jerry World, but not for a game. I actually took the guided tour. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, And earlier this year, I took the guided tour at the new Raiders Stadium in Vegas. Which will host the Super Bowl this year. This year, yes. Allegiant Stadium, and was the host of uh, an absolute butt-kicking last night. Uh, Raiders put up a 63 spot on Easton Stick, uh, which is a name and not a uh, not a Key and Peel sketch character, apparently. <laughs> yeah, Easton Stick, part of that uh, that quarterback tree at, at North Dakota State, I believe. You you are correct. Between uh, Carson Wentz and Trey Lance, uh, finally getting his chance to get an NFL start uh, against the Raiders. Uh, our guy Zach McHugh, he's bought an Easton Stick every once in a while. He's a hockey guy, uh, yeah. you know. That that that's but a bum. There, there, there you go. There you go. Absolutely. Uh, no, so SoFi is fantastic. The weather, the weather is always great. And uh, the one thing, if, if I can nitpick, because it's spectacular, you know, and it's definitely worth the trip. The the new thing is to have they call it the translucent roof, where it's closed all the time, but like it lets the sunlight in. Minnesota's got that too. I do right. prefer I do prefer the retractable roof. I enjoy a good outdoor football game. When the weather is allowable, a good outdoor football game is. I'm, I'm with you 100 percent on that. Yeah, exactly. I'm with you 100 on that. You get an outdoor football game tomorrow, uh, Gary Hess. So why don't you tell us about what's cooking? Okay, so the uh, last decade has seen the local high school football season end with what is now known as the Big River Rivalry All Star Game. And, of course, the Big River's the James, and the teams are divided by that. So it's the north of the River Schools against the south of the River Schools. And the, the Touchdown Club of Richmond puts this game on, does a great job. And, and i got to say, the great hook for this game is that over and above uh, that uh, sponsorships are solicited, and then, of course, there's the gate receipts from people buying tickets, but every penny over expenses that is raised from this game goes directly to local charities. And so raising money for local charities and celebrate 804 High School football and one last chance to see uh, some, of the, some of the stars of the local area, uh, it, it makes for a great time. 12 noon tomorrow up at Randolph-Macon College, and that has become our last high school broadcast of the year. Uh, it started in 2013, took two years off for COVID, so this is the ninth annual Big River Rivalry All-Star Game, and we'll be on our sister station, uh, News Radio WRVA, tomorrow. Yes, sir. The mother, the uh, the 50,000-watt WRVA. Let, let the whole world know what's going on. So 10 years, do we have any, do we have any trend lines here from this game? Is, is one side dominating or, or is, is it mostly an even matchup? 
It's been mostly even matchups. There was one year I particularly remember where the North team won, hung 59 on the South. I do remember one year like that, but I believe the series is relatively even if you... And I'm the media coordinator for this game, so I have game notes. You, as a, I, I hear as you a writer, flipping you, through them there. My goodness, you came prepared every week during high school football season. Yeah, I'm totally not prepared. Um, I'm on my way I, out the door for vacation. So. The fact that you have any amount of preparation for, for this, I, I, I find impressive. I, am I right? This this is your your last hit here, uh, last last hit before vacation? We'll, we'll catch, am, you, uh, catch you in the I new was, year? Yes. As a matter of fact, my backpack is with me, so I'm done at my desk. <laughs> I am. Uh, I haven't set the out of office yet on my email, but yes, I am done till January second. So uh, I love it's it. The, it's the football post football vacation that happens to include Christmas. I love it so much. Uh, you so, get- <laughs> I was just gonna say. I looked it up. The North leads the series five games to three oh. uh, going into the game tomorrow. A- well, that- and one other added twist is the head coach for the South team this year is the outgoing coach at Manchester, Tom Hall. Oh. And the coach for the North is Highland Springs' Lauren Johnson. So it's it's Lauren Johnson against Tom Hall for one final time tomorrow at the Big River Rivalry. That's fantastic. And 5-3, absolutely. You know, I'm a Southsider, so i got to stand up for my for my guys. But uh, that that's close. That's, we'll even it to 5-4 tomorrow. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll be back on back <laughs> back even next year on top in, uh, in 25. You can just go ahead have, and mark that down. I have divided loyalties because I've lived north of the river for the last, for my entire married life, 33 years. I have three kids that have graduated from north of the river high schools, but I... Grew up south of the river and attended a south of the river high school. So, ooh, okay. Depending on how you look at life, you either can't win or you can't lose. A press box the, divided. Get, get you one of those no. press box divided shirts. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, the- I will say, as a as a graduate of Meadowbrook High School, when Meadowbrook won the state championship in two thousand four, it was a great honor to get to call that game, and it was uh, not lost on me. That our good friend Tim Perrell, who was also a Meadowbrook grad, yes. was what covered that game for the Times Dispatch that day. So he had two Meadowbrook guys uh, overseeing Meadowbrook's uh, first ever state championship football win. That was pretty cool. That Monarch pride runs deep. I love it. Absolutely. Uh, you you want to give us uh, maybe, maybe a couple names of guys you're excited to uh, to see one more time tomorrow? I am excited to see. Uh, there's a lot of guys, and there's a couple that we did not see this season at all. Armstrong put together a great playoff run, had a great year for Coach Jeremy Pruitt. Their quarterback, Tony Allen, and their receiver, A.J. Bird, both put up huge like video game numbers. And I'm looking forward to seeing those two guys play. They're both in the game tomorrow. Uh, Highland Springs quarterback Christian Martin is in the game tomorrow. I'm very excited about that. On the south side, uh, Thomas Dale star Nick Tyree is in the game. And uh, the uh, star receiver at Manchester, Kyrie Richardson, who's headed to the University of Richmond. Uh, that's just a couple names on the South team. Looking forward to seeing all those guys play. And a couple others. There's always somebody who we didn't see play who jumps out at us each year. And I'm, I'm looking forward to see who that person's going to be. And certainly in, uh, you know, a, a lot of guys going to name colleges, but in, in our portal world, uh, you know, guys who go to smaller schools can end up at bigger schools and, and, and move around and, and, you know, good to, good to put the bookmark in and uh, maybe see them down the line. Right. I remember, you know, there's, you know, guys that have made quite a mark who have been in this game. I remember the North MVP a few years ago was A.J. Juice Wells, who has uh, made his mark at JMU and now South Carolina, and I think now he's headed to Ole Miss. So 
Uh, that's one of the guys I think of that I saw play at Highland Springs, play in this All-Star game, and uh, now is uh, make, getting ready to make a mark in the SEC. So that's pretty cool. 1140 WRVA. One more time, Gary Hess, Coach Chris, and then we wish you a great vacation and uh, get ready. It's uh, when you get back. It's full bore basketball season. No, uh, no, no breaks, all gas uh, from from here on out. No, just looking forward to uh, to uh, heavy. You know, we get the calendar. Enjoy the appetizer of November and December, but when the conference wars kick in in January, I really. Uh, Love college hoops, man. And the, the ACC and the A-10 both never disappoint. No, sir. All right, Gary Hess, 910 The Fan Sports Director. Hear him tomorrow on the call noon. Big River Rivalry up at Randolph making great cause. Get up there, support that if you can. More after this, you're listening to 910 The Fan at 105.1 FM. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 